Yippee-ki-yay, gang. We're diving into some average guy action flicks. That's right, the Die Hard franchise. The wrong guy at the wrong place at the wrong time. He gets more badass as he loses more hair. That's right, Bruce Willis is John McClane in the Die Hard franchise. One of my all-time favorites. We're going to talk all five. I'll rank them from the worst to the first and talk all the shit in between. So go ahead and buckle up, guys. It's going to be an explosive ride. All I need some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Guilty Pleasure Movies. I'm your host, Stephen Pfeiffer, and thank you again for tuning in. Don't adjust your settings, gang. You read that description right. This is episode 15. I know the last one said episode 11, but factoring in all the bonus episodes and whatnot, this is officially the 15th episode, and I'm going to run with it. I like doing these ranking episodes as just regular material, so we're just going to keep on trucking along. And... Like I said earlier, we are discussing Die Hard. This franchise is awesome. This one did start in the late 80s and has continued into the mid-2000s, so we're going to see what happens if the character continues to go on. Um, A little spoiler alert, I do not like the way that they ended his character thus far in the franchise. He's not dead or anything, so we'll see what does happen with that. They haven't really passed the torch officially to a new character, from what I can tell. So I think John McClane may be making a big final comeback. But this series does have five installments up to this point. Um, Big gaps in between, so you had a chance to really look forward to each installment. And... They've done a great job, you know, with the effects, the action. It's very over-the-top at times. It's kind of a redundant theme where they do terrorist takes over whatever place for whatever reason, mostly because they want some extra money or power, and the wrong guy at the wrong place at the wrong time just happens to show up and kick some ass, take some names, and save the whole goddamn world while he's at it. And it's awesome. And I love how he's just literally is that guy that just happened to be, you know, somewhere where some shit was going down, and he didn't want to die, and he didn't want to see anybody else die around him, so he just said, fuck it, I'm going to take the initiative and do what needs to be done and be heroic. And, of course, there's been lots of movies that have had the whole Die Hard in a type of theme. We talked in an earlier episode of Sudden Death starring Van Damme where terrorists take over the NHL, NHL hockey finals, so Die Hard in the in hockey arena. So some bullshit like that. You've got a lot of different, not necessarily knockoffs, if you will, but they're just similar plot points with terrorists, you know, taking over whatever setting and some person has to come in and be a hero, whether typically some average guy. John McClane is a cop. So, you know, he's from the rough streets of New York City where he works at the NYPD 
And so, you know, he's seen a lot of different shit, and it's going to take a lot to really fuck with this guy and scare him. Usually hangovers is the only thing I notice that can bring this asshole down, but like I said, I love this fucking franchise. We're going to go ahead and dive in to the worst, number five. That is A Good Day to Die Hard, the newest installment, and this is definitely no surprise there. Like I mentioned, it is... This the worst installment because they didn't do anything new or original with the character. Yes, they did show his son, maybe looking as if they will pass the torch onto that character, but it didn't work. And Mc, the John McClane character didn't have any kind of real resolution to him. You know what? He, we know he still has one more adventure in him after this. He has to because this was just not much fun. Uh, it was very unwatchable. I've literally only seen this film one time, and that will probably be it for me. I doubt I'll ever watch this one again because I know that I'm in for a, a shitty ride. And it just, the plot itself was horrible. I was not a big fan of them being, you know, over in Europe. You know, the whole other, whole remainder of the franchise in earlier installments took place in the good old US of A, and the bad guys came to us keep that theme going. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him spawning out and going somewhere else, but it just didn't work. I didn't like the way that they had the lighting on the camera. It was too blue with a tint, and it was just, it looked cheap. Anytime you have that blue color on a tint, in my opinion, it just brings down the quality, the production quality. And as far as the bad guy, you gotta have a good villain in the Die Hard movies. That's what they're known for. And this one, it sucked. It was just, they try to add whatever twist to it with that that guy just kind of I don't know it was just a bad bad deal there all around I didn't like the villain he was not scary and intimidating menacing by any means and he didn't really bring anything that really stood out there's not any big showdowns that I I mean the show it was just and everything was non-believable you just you watch and you're like what the fuck you know, seven-year-old man, can, he's not going to do this kind of shit. I mean, yes, John McClane is the man, but they just went way overboard. I felt like the fight scenes, the action, even and all the explosions, they're there. There's lots of it. But they managed to find a way to make it boring and just dull. And so I was just not a fan of any of it. I hated seeing Jai Courtney as John McClane's son. I just... He's not really one of my favorite actors by any means. He just kind of destroys franchises. And we're going to talk this in the next episode. The Terminator rankings, another franchise I absolutely love. So to be continued on that. But he also, I feel like, ruined that particular franchise and that last installment there. And we'll talk more in depth about that. But Jai Courtney just is a franchise killer, basically. You put him in your movie, it's not going to have any continuity. They're not going to be able to make another sequel because it's nobody's gonna fucking want to watch that shit, but like I said, it's just a lot of negativity here. I think the best part about it was they they brought back the character. the The franchise is back, and so you had something to look forward to. And yes, they're gonna do something different. They're gonna go overseas, but it just didn't quite work out. And I really didn't like Bruce Willis in this film. He was really boring as McLean. I mean, I know you get old, you get grumpy when you get old, but he just had no real personality at all. You just, it was really hard to even finish this film, to be honest. Um, like I said, I don't think I would ever want to attempt it again. It was just that bad. So even if I were to sit and watch the whole franchise back-to-back, -back, probably just going to skip over this one or maybe just make it some background noise. So the last installment, A Good Day to Die Hard, comes in in worst place at number five. Moving on to number four, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. 
And this is actually the second movie in the franchise. It came out in, I believe, 1990. And I, it's a good film, don't get me wrong. So number five is really the only bad one in the series. The rest of them I really enjoy. And you got to put, you know, they got to be ranked somewhere. And this one just kind of happens to fall near the bottom of the list. Mostly because, like I said earlier, the villains are what really have to set the, the film apart or what kind of really sets the tone for the film. We know Bruce Willis is going to kick ass and take names, but what's the villain going to do? He has to be menacing, really have a presence on screen, and just capture your attention. And William Sadler, as much as I like him, you know, he was awesome as the Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, just sucked in this movie. He was boring. His delivery was dry. (laughs) Obviously, that opening scene where he's doing the the martial arts, the taekwondo, whatever, in in the nude is fucking awkward. And I know the director said it was going to be some kind of, that was, that's how they wanted the villain to stand out. And hell yeah, that's memorable because it's fucking strange and ridiculous and unnecessary as shit. To me, that doesn't make him intimidating. That just makes him fucking weird. And I think he had his windows open. So it's like, oh my God, put your dick away, dude. Seriously, this is not, this is not right. But, and if the next thing, what a shitty title for this film, Die Harder. That is very unoriginal, very not unique. I mean, if you, I guess they had to go with something, and it works, but it's just, when you see the remainder of the series, the franchise, this would just seem very lazy as far as the writing of that title. Then it, that's what you're going to go with. It just seemed lazy, in my opinion. And, you know... I thought there was some really cool deaths. That that was one thing that certainly stood out to me. I mean, the guy getting stabbed with an icicle and the eyeball was fucking amazing. That was just graphic and awesome. And they did a great job with, you know, just the the effects of that. And I love how McLean was shooting guys on the snowmobiles and then the chasing on that. So there was a lot of fantastic action and some really well-done effects. I wasn't a huge fan of them, you know, taking over the airport and, you know, the it was kind of cool in a way to the what are they going to do the planes can't come down but it just got kind of you know repetitive after a while and not quite as suspenseful as i would have liked at times but i mean the action with mclean on screen really was amazing of course the part where he ejects himself from that that helicopter or that plane when they're throwing in the grenades at him and he's got nowhere to turn because they've got guns pointed at him and he just has to shoot himself up into the sky that part's fucking kick-ass. So it definitely has some highlights. But the main low light, why it gets put here, at, slotted at fourth, is because the bad guy fucking sucks. He's just, like I said, boring. And just doesn't really bring anything that's that's really menacing. I like that he had some good henchmen. I noticed Robert Patrick in the background, so that was pretty great. There was some good cameos there. And I liked how it had a few different twists. You know, the guys they brought in to help out ultimately were some of the bad guys. You know, so McLean, once again, is all on his own. He's got to do all this shit flying solo. But just William Sadler, I mean, it, he just he didn't stand out to me. And if he's going to be your main bad guy, he fucking sucks. So Die Hard 2 comes in at number four. Moving along, at number three, this is where things got a little bit tricky for me. I know this is going to be kind of a surprise pick for some people that this gets slotted here. Because I've, I've wrestled with myself. Did I like, should this be at three or number two? But at three, I am officially going to put Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I know, like I said, this is a fucking awesome movie. And it 
probably deserves to be slotted a lot a little bit higher. It even could be slotted at number one. It's that fucking great. If this would have been the first installment and the and the only installment or a standalone film even, it's fucking excellent. And I love it. There's really not a lot of negative to say, um, other than maybe I would say the first half of the film is intense. It really is a nail biter, keeps you on the edge of your seat. You know, from that opening in the music, you know, the what is it, hot town, summer in the city, and then to the explosion, and then to McLean with the hangover coming in to meet up Samuel L. Jackson in the Bronx with the sign. Oh man, just every little bit really grabbed your attention. It had great humor. The the dialogue really served a purpose with every last word. But then we get to finally seeing Simon, the bad guy, and what he's plotting with still in the gold. And the second half of the film kind of got boring to me. I'm not, I know I say that word a lot, but that's really how I felt for an action film. I was like, this is kind of shitty. I mean, it had some great times. And when, you know, when McLean finally goes after them and they're down there and he's really going at um, But just the setup, I guess you could say, to them actually trying to get into the gold with the music and all that. It just, it drug on at times. And I would have liked to see them stuck, you know, stick more to the... You know, the, the, the chase scenes and, you know, the, the the game that Simon says and them having to go, you know, constantly playing that game and we got to get to here by a certain time. I really liked that element and then they just kind of stopped that and just went this whole other direction. And I get it. That's how he was kind of, it was a decoy for them to be able to get to where they needed to and make the plan effective and come through. But it just kind of lost me at the second half. I didn't really like it. Uh but yeah, that opening is fucking sweet. The music is great. It just kind of gives you a little, get a little chuckle out of it. I had a little grin going. I was like, oh, the fucking 90s are the best. <laughs> and I just love how, like I said, it just, you're not, there's lots of different gritty shots of New York City at that time. And then all of a sudden, boom, the explosion goes off and you know shit is on and it's about to get real. And so I really, really enjoyed pretty much the whole opening bits. And then as soon as you get to see John McClane, and that character it had been about five years since we got to see him on screen. And this is probably the best he is in the whole series besides the first one, honestly, just because he's so damn kick-ass and, and brave at times and just rebellious as well. And just doesn't he's just doesn't give a shit at this point. You know, he's having the most problems with his wife in the relationship. We see in the you know, in the first one to the last one, it only progressively gets worse with their relationship. But by this one, that's where the separation occurs, and there's just not a lot going for him in his in his personal life. And professionally, he's miserable. I think he was suspended early on and didn't even have his badge technically. But this bad guy wants to see McLean, and so they have to bring him in after a long night of him getting real fucking wasted at the bar, I guess. And he just takes on the adventure. He just, you know, he just, once again, he's just that wrong guy at the wrong place, the wrong time kind of shit. But he's, he was actually the one, the, at the right place because he got to where he needed to go. And he was the right guy because he was the wanted man. And at the right time, because he saved a lot of people. And, but at the same time, we saw a lot of occasions where maybe he just didn't get there in time or it didn't matter what he got there because they had, the plan was to make these bombs go off. So we saw a lot of interesting little twists and he just didn't know what to expect early on. And, and that, that part when the subway station was really, really just dramatic and just really kept you on the edge of your seat for sure. It was very intense. That's a good way to, good way to put that for sure. But the bad guy, Simon, I thought he was okay. I mean, being, you know, the brother of the bad guy in the first one, that was kind of cool. Um, I liked, you know, the accent. I liked how it, he, they kind of 
pull, had that little flashback to the first one where when he meets up with the cops, he's pretending to be, you know, you know, somebody, you know, within the cops or the police, some type of an officer that is, but he's using his American accent, which isn't the best, but, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool to see him using the same little tactics that his brother used on McLean, the first one, to, pulling off their bullshit American accent, and it worked. It was, it was cool, but I just didn't like Simon overall as a bad guy. I just kind of felt like he was a little too easygoing, and he just really wasn't... He was a tough guy, but you just felt like, eh, he's not really much of a matchup for Bruce, for McLean, Bruce Willis's character. I mean, we just didn't get to see enough of a, I guess, of a, a character development for you to really, you know really care enough about this character, whether he died or, you know, or how he was, he just, I mean, we knew he was going to obviously lose or die or whatever, and, but I just didn't really give a shit, I was just like, you know, man, eh, whatever, he's not that great of a bad guy, it was cool to hear him on the phone, but as soon as he saw his presence on screen, and he just didn't look intimidating, obviously, the, the biggest flaw I've heard from a lot of people is that hair, it just looked like a midlife crisis haircut, <laughs> that's how he described it, the actor, and so, it's just, he just didn't have the right look to him, and the fucking blue, baby blue beater he had on, just, so the look to me was a little bit distracting, he just didn't have that commanding presence, he wasn't real nasty, and, and, I know he was really low tone, and it just, but it didn't work for him in this film. I just didn't really care for it. I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, but I, I, I did love how he did the Simon Says. That that element was a fantastic, fantastic part. But as far as the over the ending, I think that's probably why it gets slated at number three. It just was very abrupt. It was cool the way that it went down, but it was very abrupt the way that he just kind of shot at the sign and. That was that, you know, the planet, the helicopter explodes, and all right, there you go. And but I just, I just didn't like it. I, I read that in the trivia that they had to go back and reshoot it because they just didn't, they didn't feel like the original ending was true to the character for uh, McLean, and so they had to do something that was, you know, a little bit more, less, less dark that is, and just more action filled. But I just, I didn't like it. You could tell it was, it was reshot and it's kind of last minute thrown together. The way that it was all, just the, the. the the way that it felt, so I didn't really like it overall. But that's why Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's got a lot of highs, but some lows for sure. So that's coming in at number three. At number two, this is probably the surprise pick: Live Free or Die Hard. This is the fourth installment in the franchise, but it's coming at number two for me. And the reason why is I've only seen this movie once, and that was very recently. I I don't know why I didn't actually see it. I just kind of overlooked it when it when it came out back in two thousand seven for whatever reason. Um, I remember it having a really cool trailer and it coming out around Independence Day, which was a, a cool twist to the franchise. It's always been based around Christmas, so to do it around the summertime was awesome. You know, you're going to get a different feel because they can do more outdoor type stuff, um, no matter where they're at. And I thought that just overall, some of the negatives, it had a little bit too much CGI, but that's just kind of a trend for movies these days. I mean, you can get away with it, and it, it looks pretty real, so they're going to utilize it as much as possible. But it was a little bit overkill for this type of series. We hadn't seen a whole lot of explosions with the fire was one thing, but with this one, it was just fucking cars blowing up and flying off of stuff and just flipping everywhere and it was like what the f there's just too many cgi cars fucking all over the goddamn place i didn't care for that and the biggest thing though that I, the character's back this was the biggest gap in between installments you know at 12 years and 
Bruce Willis still has it, man. Even at that old age, he still fucking has it. He's, he, like I said earlier, the older he gets, you know, he's losing all that hair, but just the tougher he fucking gets. The more hair he loses, the more badass he gets, apparently. So I love just how he came back and he really, that presence of that character, you just, you missed him and you just couldn't wait to get more of him. And so it was really great to see John McClane after 12 long years back on the big screen. And it had some really great humor. I love the sidekick in Justin Long. He's a really underrated actor. I feel like he really does great in these comedic roles. He can be serious because he can be that that you know nerdy IT hacker guy where he can be the serious role. He did an okay job in the action scenes. I mean, it was believable for the most part because um, he didn't have to. He didn't seem like he was this major tough guy. Like he all of a sudden was some random gun expert. He struggled at times and you know was hesitant to even get involved in a confrontation to fight physically and. I like that. I appreciate that. There was a lot of realness to this character, but he did what he had to do. He was kind of like McLean the original. He just he had to step up at that at the time that he needed to, and he, when he he felt it in his heart, and he had to be heroic when it was at the most important time, and it worked out. I thought I just obviously him being you know comedic actor typically did a great job in this action role. He brought a lot of good you know balanced off Bruce Willis well. They played off each other with the dialogue there really effectively, and. I really thought the daughter, John McLean's daughter, kicked ass in this movie. I mean, she's not the best actress with her delivery at times. <coughs> Excuse me. But I did feel like, overall, when she was on screen, you believe that this was John McLean's daughter. She was fucking badass, you know, bad to the bone kind of shit. She didn't take no shit from anybody. She had that same attitude, you know, just the just the nasty tone in her voice, you know, doesn't take sass from anybody kind of a thing. And so I really like that fantastic fight scenes. I forget the actor's name. He's a real big um, stuntman and martial arts choreographer over in, I believe, just somewhere in Europe in those type of films. Britain, maybe, I forget. But he was one of those guys that was doing all the, the jumping and flipping and that one scene against Bruce Willis. Um, gosh, I forgive me, guys. I forget the actor's name. But it was you guys would know it if, you, if you've seen this film. It was just a fantastic fight scene. I thought Bruce Willis really brought it. Um, you know, even though he's an old guy, he's still a fucking tough guy. So he's he's definitely got the the kick-ass skills. You know, it's not over-the-top martial arts that he brings. It's just badass motherfucker mentality. I'm going to just fucking just try to beat your ass and take you down, even if I have to take a few shots along with it. So, and, you know, the bad guy, Timothy, I forget his last name, but he was, you know, I was the killer from Scream 2. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's... You know, this guy's awesome. He just has a really good presence. He doesn't have to have a really loud commanding voice, but he's just, his eyes played a really good role in this film just because, you know, he could give you a certain look or looked at one of his henchmen a certain way and you knew shit was, he wasn't happy. And the fact is he even took out some of those henchmen because that was, you know, they were expendable. That was part of the plan. So he just didn't give a fuck. You know, he would, you know, he knew there, you know, the, John McClane's weakness was his daughter, and he went after her. So he just really knew all the buttons to push. He had a really great look to him. He did a fantastic job of how he was able to, you know, manipulate all different forms of technology. So nobody knew if he was the good guy or the bad guy. You just fucking couldn't tell. And he did awesome. He just had a really great on-screen presence. I felt like the showdown with Bruce Willis at the end was really well done. Um, I liked how he was killed off. Bruce Willis, you know doing the really, you know, commendable thing, just you know, heroic, of course, you know, hurting himself to take out the bad guy just because it's the only way to fucking get it done. 
And so just overall, I really, really enjoyed this film. Like I said, it being the first time I saw it, I was really surprised at how well uh, edited, you know, filmed, just written. There was, like I said, the dialogue was fantastic. It wasn't overly long. I wasn't bored. I didn't really find myself like, oh, man, there's just too much bullshit nonsense going on. I felt like they had the right character development when it was needed because it had been, like I said, 12 years since we had a Die Hard. We needed to get a little bit of background. We needed to know what was going on with McLean and get caught up on his kids and things along those lines. So live free or die hard coming at number two. <coughs> number one, no surprise here, guys. Die Hard, the original. This movie is fucking amazing. And like I said, the series has had a few bumps along the way. I felt like it made a good comeback with Live Free or Die Hard. And then it just kind of was was shitty with the last installment. And I don't know. I'm hoping they have one more. I don't know what they'll call it, you know. Um, but, you know, with him getting this old, it's just one of those things that... We hopefully we can get one more good good entry as as good as his first one. I know that that's that's always the expectation to live up to the original, but we'll see what happens. I I don't know if live for you know die hard on your on your deathbed or something. I have no clue. But this old you know die hard of old age. That's what it's got to be because this motherfucker's got to be pushing seventy, and I don't know he's got to die in the last one. There's got to be that would be an not not an awesome way to close that chapter, but I think it'd be the most acceptable way. He's with that age. If you could pass the torch along so that you're going to keep the series going, or if you want to end it on a happy note, let that be the last installment, but end it the right way where it's a good film. But anyways, love for the rant about how we need more Die Hard. Let's talk the good shit, the one we all love, the original Die Hard, 1988. Like I said, this movie is fucking amazing. It's just that title alone, Die Hard, it really stands out. It's just a it's a strong title. It's really cool, I guess you could say. And it's just it's a simple story. And like I said, it's been, you know, recycled many times with slight alterations, but it's a simple story that works. You know, and it's it's great how they had it in the the one building. Um I liked how they were just able to do a lot of little different things, you know, with the with the parking garage. And, you know, the cops on the outside and then just the different levels that McLean, you know, discovers throughout the the building and then being in the elevator shafts. It was just all over the place. And it just it was it's it's an intense movie. It's it's an all time classic, of course. The special effects might be considered kind of poor by today's standards, but by for the back then, of course, I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking necessarily, but it was awesome. You know, that the way the flames come up in that elevator shaft and he has to dive away from it. You watch it in Blu-ray nowadays, you can kind of notice it was all the green screen or whatever and how everything was kind of, you know, modified there, but it, I, you can overlook those little things. It still looks fantastic and like I said, this is that this is the film that was able to set the Die Hard in a trend. It's that good where other films know we can't completely copy it, but let's be copycats and just kind of alter one little detail. We'll have a bad guy, a good guy, but we'll just you know put it somewhere else. And so, um, like I said, the best example I like to use is Sudden Death because I'm a huge Van Damme fan, and it just it has a very similar feel to Die Hard. It's almost to the T, except it's in a fucking hockey arena. But Die Hard overall, just, he's an average guy, you know, he's having marital problems, so it's just an everyday guy that we can relate to, 
you know, the first thing he's a, you see is, even though he's a tough guy by the end, in the early state, the very first thing you see is he's a scaredy cat in a sense. He's afraid of something, and that's flying. And he has a fear of being on planes. And, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, the way that he, you know, ball your toes up, you know, that that it's just great with the humor, just little quirky lines that get delivered. But, you know, Bruce Willis, it's you fall in love with the character pretty quickly. Um, he doesn't say a whole lot in the first one in the beginning. He's real that the strong, silent type. But he just... He does a good job with his facial expressions and just really kind of giving you a feel for what the scene is about and and what to expect. And he lays that expectation out there very well. And so I really thought he did a great job in this film. And it was you know at the time it was an odd casting choice. This guy was known for mostly uh, com comedic roles and shit like Look Who's Talking, where he voiced a goddamn baby. So and then you get him to come in and have a fucking you know machine gun and taking out bad guys. It's awesome. It was just. A lot of people were hesitant, they weren't quite sure, but they saw it and they believed it. They went for it, they used him for the reason that he's not some giant muscular guy like a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger or even a Van Damme. He, he's, he's, he's a well-built dude, don't get me wrong, but he's just kind of an average-looking dude. You know, he's maybe six feet, you know, 180, you know, just kind of rough-looking with the five, the five o'clock shadow and, you know, kind of losing a little bit of a hair on the top. And he's just, you know, he's struggling with some of this shit in his personal life. And I like how they just made him an everyday Joe and just, but made him a hero. And that was great. And so, and of course, we all love Carl Weathers or whatever the actor's name is. That's his sidekick. The guy that loves his Twinkies. He was great as kind of the sidekick in this particular one. And the limo driver was fucking fantastic. The way he was able to come in and help out and kill some of the fucking bad guys. So you just get a little bit of everything in this film. Um, I, I love the way Alan Rickman portrayed the bad guy. He was phenomenal. The, he kind of set the mold for what you need in a villain and what what you expect. And I mentioned this earlier, but the way that he kind of tricked Bruce Willis's character by, you know, kind of almost having this southern act, you know, southern twang with the American accent that he was trying to pull off and to disguise himself as being the villain because they hadn't met each other yet face to face. It only hurt each other. Over the walkies, their voices, and so it was interesting to see these, the way they met each other on screen. It was like holy shit, you know. It wasn't some major showdown. It was a, a very gradual build up with a twist to it. And it was just we as the audience know what's going on, and we're just Bruce. He's the bad guy. Come on, and you can sense it. And there's those little subtle hints, you know, where he he had earlier Bruce Willis, John McClane had stole some of the I think they're German brand cigarettes, and so when he passes it off to this guy who's pretending to be he was an American pretending to be, took a German cigarette, and had no problem smoking it. Whereas you know he would have been probably mentioned something about the brand or at least the taste of because it's very different. I'm sure there's little things like that. So I just thought it was really great the way they just kind of kind of they just kind of it was just a, they played off of every off of everything well just the build up the development um it was just fantastic there's really not a better way to put it is an an amazing movie one of my all-time favorite action flicks not only because it has a great hero who is believable but it's just got a great bad guy it's got a great story it's got a cool ending the way they drop him off the building at the end and some of you may know this fun fact. They actually did go ahead. They did drop Alan Rickman off, you know, multiple story, a multiple a high story building that is, you know, dropped down many floors onto one of those big parachute things that catches him. It was a real stunt he performed. And so the expression on his face is fucking sincere. He is terrified for his life. 
falling, you know, hundreds of feet to the ground, knowing he's going to be okay, of course. But the character, he did a great job with the way he, he portrayed it. And I'm ranking the first Die Hard as number one. And so, yes, I'm hoping we get another installment to conclude this franchise so we can come back to the rankings. And hopefully, if we get a sixth one, it's fucking awesome and near the top of that list. But like I said, the, the first one's the best, and the newest one we've got has been just god-awful. And so I'm hoping we can get one more to conclude that character. But that is going to be the Die Hard franchise rankings. I want to thank you guys again for listening. Let me know what you think of the Die Hard franchise. Give me your rankings, your feedback. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Um, you can get a hold of me on the at uh, Guilty Pleasure Movies on the good old Facebook and also on Twitter at GPM Podcast. So go ahead and message me, tweet me. I've got some polls going on right now, all kinds of fun stuff. So hop on there, dive in, and catch the previous episodes if you haven't had a chance to listen to those. Please rate and review. I appreciate all the feedback, good or bad. That's how the show gets better. That's how I improve. And I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Till next time, to be continued. (laughs) 